0: at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions supply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Cards issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC Terms and Conditions Supply.
1: Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh?
1: Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch- A woo a hand clapper, a high-fiver. I kind of like the high-five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At ChumbaCasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses, so don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No purchase necessary. BDW, report prohibited by law. See terms and conditions
2: 18+. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time once again to go back in time it's the Steeler Retro Show from BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. My name is Brian Anthony Davis. You can call me bad. Alongside me is my longtime partner here at BTSC, Tony Defio. What is up,
3: Tonester? Oh, I am doing great. And we're going back in time, but not, not far enough like we usually do. I could probably do this game from memory. I'm not really. I need my notes. But yeah, I can't wait to talk about this game. This was a game that I was actually attending. And I remember driving to this game, and we're
2: not going to say what it is yet. We will lead into that. But I was there with my buddy, who's a great friend of mine. But he's one of those Steeler fans that's a little on the negative side. We're talking about the quarterback involved from the other team, one of the best passing teams in the league, the number one offense in the league at the time. And he's like, we are going to get killed if we don't at least put 30 on the board. And if we can keep them under 30, we're going to win. I'm like, yeah, this is going to be a really tough game. And I was actually praying to the Steeler gods because I did not want to have to endure the entire way home listening to him be Mm. mad about this game. We are going back to a time when All About That Bass by Megan Trainor was the number one song in the Hunger Games, Mockingjay Part 1, was the number one movie? So you had Megan Trainor at number one. Do you remember that song, Tony?
3: I do. Uh, it helped me develop a nice uh, uh, crush on Ma- Megan Trainor, even though she's way younger than me. But now I think she's married, so I-, I I don't think I have a shot with her anymore. But yeah, I remember that song. I I think she's a, a fine talent.
2: All about that bass. All about that bass. No treble. <laughs> hey, that's really bad. I, I apologize to anybody that's listening to that right now mocking Jay I gotta tell you Jennifer Lawrence is one of the great young talents and she's been around a while now and she's just absolutely fantastic uh, Hunger games I have not seen all of those movies yet but I hear they're pretty good
3: yeah they were they were huge but I haven't seen them either uh, but they were they were pretty huge back then I mean that's all that anybody talked about uh, back in that in the mid 2010s where those series of movies The one team that was
2: not hungry back in 2014, October 26th, 2014, to be exact, were the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck, because it was no luck. They were great. And why weren't they hungry? No, they were greedy for points. They came in with the number one ranked offense in the league, and they were a dangerous team. Not only did you have Andrew Luck, you had T. Y. Hilton. This was a team that knew how to score. They had a guy named Dante Moncrief who was actually good back then. Before yeah. he came to Pittsburgh,
3: Tony. Right. Yeah. They had Reggie Wayne. Was uh, he knew a little about a little bit about receiving, and, and he was uh, he was actually on the bench uh, injured. That's how that's how deep they were.
2: Actually, yeah, Reggie Wayne was really good, wasn't
3: he? <laughs> yeah, he was pretty good. He knew a
2: thing or two. Yeah, I mean he's okay. You know, he's he's just like a—he's a Hall of Fame finalist. So you know, you're Reggie Wayne. You can't sleep on that guy. (laughs) The Steelers had some Hall of Fame caliber talent as well. Of course, you had Ben Roethlisberger there, and you had the Killer Bees in in all their glory with Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown. You had Heath Miller on that team. You had a young Marcus Wheaton on that team and a very young Martavis Bryant, a very good team with a defense that wasn't so bad themselves. So this was going to be a really interesting game with Chuck Pagano's team taking on Mike Tomlin's team. For me, I was bummed because this was a 425 game. I know everybody likes that uh, later start. I don't when I'm going to the game. So I drove down to this game with my buddy and like I said we were not too optimistic going
3: into it. Tony, what were you feeling going into this game? I was feeling pretty good uh, they they had come off a, a come from behind win against the uh, Texans on Monday Night Football in Heinz Field a, week, a few days earlier or six days earlier I guess and and I was I was feeling pretty optimistic but at the same time they had just missed a playoff two years in a row and they were four four and three heading into this game. So I was wondering if they were ever going to catch fire again and go on a roll. And and as we we're going to find out, this this game would prove to be a bit of a catalyst for them and, and spark them on a great run to, to end, end the season and make the playoffs.
2: And that game against the Houston Texans was kind of a coming out party for rookie Martavis Bryant. It was his first game, his first touchdown. People were really excited about them peppering him into the offense. And I'll tell you what, he was a great weapon back then, Tony.
3: The offense seemed to go to a whole new level once he was activated. And it it remained that way the rest of the year and all the way through the following season. So he was a great talent. And when he came on the scene, he came on the scene in a big way.
2: And he was a big man coming on in a big way. The number four draft pick that year in 2014. And don't forget the number one draft pick was Ryan Shazier. Number two was Stefan to And number three was Dree Archer. So they had a lot of talent on that team pretty good draft in 2014. I know Dree Archer didn't really hook on with the team. And Martavis Bryant's problems weren't because of talent. It was because of extracurricular demons. So, Tony, let's get started with this. The Colts elected to receive. Wanting to get Andrew Luck and that number one ranked offense onto the field to strike early and often. Boy, did they start out fast. A screen pass and a run by Ahmad Bradshaw got 15 yards on the first two plays. On play number three, T.Y. Hilton victimized Bryce McCain on a 45-yard catch and run to get down to the black and gold 21. But the Steelers defense, they clamped down, Tony, and the Colts brought on Adam Vinatieri for a 31-yard field goal. With 3.04 gone in the first, it was three to nothing visitors. Vinatieri, on that kick, became the first player in NFL history to make 200 field goals with two different teams. Adam Vinatieri, he's still
3: kicking. He's a classic, Tony. Yeah, he's, he's our age, and he's still in the league, and he's, and he's still going strong. Uh, uh, he, he was he was a model of consistency, especially uh, when he was with the Patriots, and he didn't do too badly with the Colts either, as you just said. But this was a big stop for them early on for the Steelers' defense because, as you said in the beginning of the show, the Colts' offense was was a juggernaut this year, and, and for them to hold them to three points instead of seven, I think that was big early early in this game. Did you know that General Custer
2: is the reason that Adam Vinatieri is alive? Did you know that? I did
3: not know that, but I can't, I can't wait to hear you explain this one.
2: <laughs> All right. So I actually learned this when he was uh, getting ready to play in the Janet Jackson Super Bowl against the Carolina Panthers back in 2004. His great, great, great grandfather was a very talented musician, and he was the band leader for General Custer, what happened though was Custer. I guess military they took a band with them, but Custer said, "You know, we're really worried about Little Big Horn. This could be rough. I'm leaving the band at home. <laughs> so if the band comes, there's no Adam military because wow. everybody got. Gosh, it it was a mask. It was really bad. We talk <laughs> about games being massacres. Now this was on a whole different level. The, the everybody died. It, it, wow. it was insane.
3: That's amazing. That's uh, that's that's what you call fate, right there. I guess fate and destiny, whatever you want to call it. So how about that? There's a little history lesson in the retro show, Tony. If, if none of that transpired, or, or, or if things turned out differently, maybe the Patriots don't don't have us uh, what six Super Bowls right now. Different uh, kicker, who knows? A lot of those Super Bowls they, they used to call them the, the uh, field goal dynasty, and that was all because of uh, Adam Vinatieri. So yeah, he's a <laughs> what's the, what's the movie with uh, Jimmy Stewart? It's a a wonderful wonderful life. life. Yeah. The life right there. Yeah. That's a great example.
2: (laughs) There you go. Something you didn't bargain for, but that's a lot of fun to talk about. We don't know about Ben Roethlisberger's great, great, great grandfather, but we know that Ben was starting his 150th career NFL game. And he came out looking to control the tempo of the game. That's something they wanted to do because they knew if they could maybe control the tempo and keep Andrew Luck off the field, they would have a fighting chance in this game. Tony, the plan definitely seemed to be working right away as three runs by Le'Veon Bell for 13 yards, a 19 yard pass to Clemson rookie. The previously mentioned Martavis Bryant, a 12 yarder to Heath Miller, a nine yarder to Marcus Wheaton and a rare four yard run by Le'Garrett Blunt got the Steelers down to the 18 yard line of Indy. From there, Ben froze Darius Butler and Vontae Davis. Vontae Davis at the time was one of the great corners in the league. And Ben froze these guys with his eyes and threw true to Wheaton for the score. It was the first TD the Colts allowed in the first quarter all season long. Here comes Sean Sweezum to hit the extra point. And the Steelers led 7-0 with 7-19 left in the first. Ben, a veteran at this point, really knew how
3: to work his eyes and freeze these guys to get the early score. Big early score for them to go up 7-3. The week before, the Colts had allowed just 135 yards in a win over the Bengals, and already Pittsburgh took the ball right down the field and scored a touchdown to make it 7-3. And,
2: and thanks for the correction there, too, because I did say 7 nothing, and I caught that while I was thinking, hey, we just had this long soliloquy about Adam Vinatieri. So after three and out by the white-clad blue-trimmed visitors featuring pressure by Jason Worlds and a great tackle by Troy Palomalu, Plum High School's Pat McAfee, he came on to punt. Le'Veon Bell took to the ground with 33 yards on six carries on the next series. Wow, great series for Bell. With two completions by Lance Moore. Do you remember? They had Lance Moore and another completion to Le'Garrette Blunt? Todd Haley's offense had a first-and-goal from the five-yard line, Tony. Lance Moore, LeGarrette Blunt. wow, that seems like eons ago.
3: Yeah, I was very excited about Lance Moore, and I guess there's a lesson in there somewhere about not getting too excited about free agent acquisitions, but I thought he would be a great veteran receiver for them when they signed him off the Saints. didn't have a great career for them, but he he was pretty good on this drive. You know what? We always
2: talk about LeGarrette Blunt being disgruntled. Lance Moore was disgruntled, too from the playing time that he did not receive with 161 yards from the Steelers offense already. The clock expired on the first quarter as the Steelers led seven to three, but they weren't done. The very first play Tony of the second quarter, the Steelers, well, they made the score 14 to three as Martavis hauled in a five yard strike from Ben for his second career
3: TD in his second career game. Tony, difference maker right away and and he proved it again on this play uh he was just he was just a matchup problem Uh, in the end zone uh, deep passes everything here was where he he just uh, outmanned uh, the guy covering him and and just like that it's 14 to 3. and here's the thing Tony we haven't even
2: talked about one number 84 Antonio Brown yet we'll get to him but (laughs) that's how vibrant and explosive this offense
3: was back then absolutely I mean this was this was the, the height of, of Todd Haley's powers as offensive coordinator and the Steelers' offense in terms of weapons. This was, this was a very explosive unit, and, and I think it started against Houston a week earlier, and, and it kept on going the rest of the year. After the kickoff and a Noah Heron
2: catch for five yards, William Gay jumped Hakeem Nix's route and intercepted Luck. Gay's 33-yard dash to the end zone. Yes, another pick six for Willie Gay. Gave the Steelers a 21-3 lead after Sweezum's point after. It was only the second pick six of the team record five gay would share with Rod Woodson. So think about this. This was his second. And I believe he had the first during this season. So he had all those pick sixes later in his career with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Tony.
3: Yeah, and, and the weird thing about it was... they. It was five straight interceptions that he had five straight pick. He had pick sixes on it. Wasn't, you know, it's not like he had a, an ordinary interception in, in there in between. It was five straight over the course of two or three seasons that he took back to the house. It was, it was a pretty remarkable streak by him. And you know what? There were a couple pick
2: sixes from William Gay that were actually called back. On the ensuing series, aided by a 52 yard catch and run by short lived future stealer Dante Moncrief. Andrew Luck located tight end Dwayne Allen over the law dog Lawrence Timmons to complete an 86-yard drive. The score was now 21-10 to with 11.43 left. Wow, they scored a lot quick in this game. This was a high-flying
3: game, and we're just early into the second quarter. I keep saying huge and big, but it's it's the truth. It was big uh, for the Colts to respond as quickly as they did, and it was a perfect strike by... Andrew Luck, you could see on on this throw why he was the uh, number one pick in the 2012 NFL draft. He was was a special talent. So here we go. Ben Roethlisberger
2: would not let that lead lapse, though. Starting from the 13, Ben would target Antonio Brown. There he is for a first down. Then he'd suffer a drop on a pass to Dree Archer and then go deep to Bryant for 52 yards. Bryant beat Darius Butler once again who was now subbing for Vontae Davis, who was on the sideline after a first quarter injury. The Steelers could not get into the end zone, though, and had to bring Sean Sweezum on for a field goal of 30 yards. Sweezum knocked it through, but Indy's Andrew Jackson jumped off sides. His name was Andrew Jackson? (laughs) Wow. He jumped off sides to give the Steelers new life and a first down. Big Ben took immediate advantage and threw an eight yarder to AB in the left corner of the end zone for a one handed majestic grab for the touchdown with 8:38 left in the half. The score was now 28 to 10 Steelers. They are rolling.
3: Uh, it was, it was, it was big and it was a huge, <laughs> there I go again, a huge uh, penalty by the Colts by Andrew Jackson. And, uh, but it, it was a, a great response by, by Ben and a fantastic play by, Antonio Brown, I mean, he was, he was a special kind of player, regardless of what you uh, think of him. And, and this, he he proved it on on that touchdown. I'm picturing the guy with white hair on my money, you know, (laughs) jumping off
2: sides. That's crazy with money in mind, we're going to pay the bills and we will be right back after this message on the Steelers retro show. Stick around. We'll talk to you in a second. Well, more like thirty seconds. Welcome back to the Steelers Retro Show. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, the man on the other side of your speakers. His name is Tony Defio as well. Tony, it's a thrilling game so far, and we're not even at halftime. Thirty-eight points scored in this game, twenty-eight by your black and gold Pittsburgh Steelers. Not just black and gold, Tony Bumblebee Pittsburgh Steelers.
3: That's right. The uh, the very controversial Bumblebee uniforms that they broke out once a year in the uh, early to mid 2010s and you but you couldn't have asked for a better start if you're the steelers and if you're the, the hides Hinesfield faithful 28 to 10 not even halftime great start i love the bumblebee uniforms the only problem i had with them was
2: those beige pants and i know that's what they wore back in the 30s when they were they were actually the pittsburgh pirates when they wore those but if they would have put some black pants or even white with uh, black and gold stripes that would have been really cool or if they would have went bumblebee all the way that would be even cooler if they had bumblebee pants i would have liked
3: yeah i could see that i'm I'm picturing it in my mind that would have probably been a nice uh, much much better design yeah but picture it on casey hampton there you go (laughs) that's a good touche touche.
2: (laughs) (laughs) that that, would have been really wow really unfortunate for all of us (laughs) Brett Kiesel and Jason worlds disrupted luck on the next series for a three and out. So the men of steel took over after another Pat McAfee punt right away. Fullback will Johnson number 46 from West Virginia university took a pass for 18 yards to move the chains after two more completions to running backs. Roethlisberger heaved deep to Antonio Brown. It was a 47 yard catch. And he rumbled in for the score. The Steelers now own the scoreboard 35 to 10 with 521 before halftime. Tony, you got to be feeling good. We we talked how the Steelers have to at least score 35. But I got to tell you, I was in the stands there and I was not going to breathe easy
3: because I knew that this team could come back. Absolutely. You could not, uh, you could not sleep on the Colts offense. And and the Steelers defense at this time uh, was still a work in progress as far as uh, transitioning from the Dick LeBeau days. And, but this, this play, it was great mobility by Ben. It was vintage Ben, you know, he had defenders trying to grab him down, grab at his feet and he he got away. And it was, you could see the chemistry that was always existed between him and AB because Brown was, he ran a different uh, pattern and he saw uh, Ben scrambling and and he immediately went deep and, and, and the two connected, and it was, it was a fantastic play. Just like their coach, Chuck Pagano, they were fighters and the Colts were not done.
2: They did escape disaster, though, when a sack by James Harrison squirted the ball free and Ahmad Bradshaw would recover. With the ball back in his hands, Luck threw a beauty to a well-covered Hakeem Nix on the sideline for a 29-yard gain. After that, passes to Nix and Bradshaw, as well as a 14 yard run by Luck and a hold by McCain, got the Steelers in hot water with the Colts on their own 28. Not the Colts 28, but the Steelers 28. Then Cortez Allen got abused again as Luck completed a pass to T.Y. Hilton for a 28 yard score. It was 35 17 Steelers. And this was the downfall of Cortez Allen. He had signed that contract extension at the beginning of the season, but this is when things started to go awry for number 28, a very talented quarterback, but really wasn't getting it done. And he was getting exposed here and you would hear his name in the wrong way. The rest of the
3: show, Tony, he was no match for T Y Hilton on, on this play, And Unfortunately for him, his career basically began to regress from this game on. And by the end of the year, you didn't even, you didn't hear his name at all after, after, by the time this, the playoffs rolled around, it was a shame because he, he showed a lot of promise, but he just, he never developed. It was, it's just unfortunate. You don't regard Cortez Allen as badly as uh, some of those other cornerbacks though, Tony. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. He was a fourth round pick. So, you know, those can tend to go either way, but there, there was a lot of hope for him at, at one point. And, and as people keep pointing out on, on behind the Star curtain, he, he, he re- actually received a second contract. That's how, that's how uh, much they thought of him. It just didn't, it just didn't work out for him. Unfortunately. Ben went on the attack with two or three left before halftime, but on fourth down in
2: Colts territory, the Steelers elected to punt. Instead of sending Suizum in for a 55 yarder, Ben was the punter of choice, but it was blocked with 35 seconds left. Luck, aided by a Cam Hayward roughing penalty, drove the Colts down to the five, where Veneteri hit a 23 yarder, and the Steelers' lead was now 35 to 20 at halftime. Both Luck and Roethlisberger had over 250 passing yards in the first half of play, but it's unfortunate
3: because three points could mean a lot in a game like this, Tony. Yeah, absolutely. If you're if you're at a Colts, you're down 35 to 10, it doesn't look too good, but then you reel off 10 straight points before the half. You have to be feeling much better going going into halftime with your high-powered offense. And you know,
2: this is a team that could score. They were doing it all year long. The scoring continued in the second half as Benjamin Todd and the Steelers behind the legs of Bell and completions to Brown twice, a 39-yarder to Heath and Wheaton with a catch, got the home team down to the Indy two. This was also aided by Vontae Davis being ruled out for the game's remainder from that first quarter injury. From there, number seven found Martavis for the score. Now with 9.59 left in the third, the Steelers increased their lead to 22 by a score of 42 to 20. The next drive was not as productive for the Colts. Harrison's second sack was a factor in Indy needing to punt, but a three and out by Pittsburgh gave the ball back to the Indianapolis Colts. Moncrief had three catches for 21 yards. I think that's three in that one series than his entire career in Pittsburgh, as well as catches by Hilton and Knicks getting the Colts down to the Steelers 12 where Bradshaw took a handoff up the middle for 12 yards and the touchdown with 345 remaining in the third. The scoreboard read Steelers 42 Colts 27 and like you said Tony 15 points is nothing with Andrew Luck and this quick strike offense.
3: Absolutely. This was was a big game for Ben. He he probably never looked better, but you could see the talent in in, in Andrew Luck, and and you could see at this point in his career, he looked like he was going to go on to be an all-time great. Ben was on, but Andrew Luck wasn't far behind in this game, so yeah, a 15-point lead was nothing at at that point in, in this game. The Steelers would give the ball back to Luck on the first
2: play of the next series, though, when Ben completed the pass to former Colt Darius hayward Bay. Bay fumbled after a 16-yard gain, and the Colts' Mike Adams recovered the ball. It didn't take long for number 12 to victimize Allen again, as Moncrief scored his first NFL touchdown for 35 yards. Just like that, the Colts were storming back by a score of 42-34, to with 2.42 left in the third quarter. The very next drive saw the Steelers moving the ball past midfield, behind two receptions by Heath Miller as the third quarter concluded. As the Steelers marched towards another touchdown, LeGarrette Blunt had a firm grasp on the ball on a carry, but Andy Studebaker still found a way to rip it free as the Colts took the ball away at their own five. Wow, they were on their way into the end zone and boom, 95 yards away now from tying this ball game but the Steelers defense had the pride to step up. Dick LeBeau called a blitz and luck tripped. He desperately tried to throw it, but nobody was in the vicinity, Tony. With intentional grounding called in the end zone, the Steelers now led by 10. Huge break, but a huge play call by coach dad, Tony.
3: Oh yeah, they they needed to... Uh, He he needed to snuff this drive out as quickly as possible. And and for them to come away with points off off the safety, that was big because I was watching this game live right before I took off for bowling. And I breathed a sigh of relief after they took a, 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 a two score lead at this point. Well, the thing about it, Tony,
2: is they didn't tackle him in the end zone. He tripped. He was being hurried. They were coming. Psychological warfare and luck panicked and he was a pretty steady QB and that led to the safety after the free kick by McAfee Ben started working the clock still not afraid to work it downfield on a third and nine a pass to blunt was inches short of the first down marker at the 10 yard line expecting a run Indy bunched up while Ben rolled right and found Miller in the middle of the end zone Ben threw his team record six TD pass of that contest With 521 left now, the Steelers led 51-34, to Tony. I'm feeling good now. I'm getting ready to leave pretty soon, but I didn't want to leave early. I felt pretty good that they could go ahead and win this game now, Tony.
3: I knew it was in the bag by this point. I was at my bowling match watching it on the uh, TV at the bowling alley and immediately breathed a sigh of relief and went back to bowl. I, I knew the game was over, but it, it was a great call at this point. Fourth and inches, you're expecting a run if you're the Colts Colt. For them to do the play-action pass, Heath was wide open. It was, it was a big play, and it was, as you said, Ben's sixth touchdown of the game, and, and it was maybe the best game of his career. The Colts' offense
2: did, however, have the firepower to get back into the game, though, and Luck moved it to the 27. But then Andrew threw an interception nabbed by Antoine Valentino Blake in front of Hilton with 2.48 remaining. The Steelers went to the ground to drain the clock. With 12 seconds left, the Steelers punted the ball away. Then Luck just decided, I'm kneeling. Let's run this clock out. We're not coming back at this point. The Steelers and Colts were now 5-3 and three, as Pittsburgh won 51-34. to 34. The two teams combined for the second most net passing yards in NFL history, Tony, with 947 yards. Ben was 40 for 49 with 522 yards and six touchdowns. Bell had 92 yards rushing and eight receiving for a total of over 100, while AB had 10 catches for 133 and two touchdowns. Heath Miller, 112 yards on seven catches and a score, while Mark Tavis, had five grabs for 83 yards and two scores, man, they had the weapons and they were able to spread it
3: around, Tony. And when you read those stats, it really puts into a brighter light, how dominant this offense was on this, uh, on this day, how dominant the passing offense was And, and. Bell, you talk about Brown, you know, not hearing from him early on. Bell almost seemed like an afterthought in this game, and he, had a, he, had a, he put up some huge numbers. But this, again, maybe the best game of Ben's career, and he, he became the first quarterback in this game to throw for over 500 yards for a second time in his career. So it was, it was a big day for him all the way around. And you know what? Next week, he's like, hey,
2: I'm not done. I'll do it again. Baltimore <laughs> Ravens, no problem. Six touchdowns, yep. Huge win for the Steelers the next week as they officially retire joe green's jersey on sunday night football so it was a great time in pittsburgh steeler history this was a season that would not end well though bell would end up getting hurt then you would have the situation with le blunt pretty much leaving the team going a they had no running backs left that's for another time but this was the start of a great feeling tony for the Pittsburgh Steelers fans, the drive home was really nice when we are celebrating a huge win and not lamenting getting torched by Andrew Luck.
3: As I said earlier in the show, they, they missed the playoffs two years in a row. They were kind of iffy to start this year. And once they got on a roll, they, they, they stayed on that roll all the way up until, unfortunately, Bell got hurt at the end of the, at, late in the Week 17 game. And Blunt was already gone by that point. So they were kind of uh, in bad shape for the playoffs. But... At least they finally made it for the first time in three years. So that's one thing to celebrate.
2: Yes, they did. And we are going to celebrate a great season next week when we come back on the Retro Show. We are going back to one of my favorite years, 1997, and a dance in the desert. So, Tony, I look forward to talking about that game with you.
3: Oh, me too. I can't wait. 1997? It seems like we... We've done just about every week of uh, 1997, so uh, that was one special year for both of us. I love 1997. I can't wait to go back and uh, talk about that special game against the Cardinals.
2: 84, 97, 05, we do a lot of those.
3: (laughs) And for good reason, they were really magical years.
2: They don't all have to be Super Bowl winning years, they just have to have a lot of great memories, and that's what the Retro Show is for. I'm glad that you went down memory lane with us into that black and gold DeLorean. Once again, we are going to do it next week. For Tony DeFio, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. Thank you so much, Steeler Nation. You can take us away. We don't mind, but you better promise us we'll be back in... Take it, Tony. Time. Okay, round two.
1: Name something that's not boring.
0: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire,
1: huh? Oh,